Yo, what's going on? Leon here. And uh, in this episode, we are chatting, by we I mean I, I'm chatting to um, Campbell Watson, one of the guys that is in uh, the weekly group calls that we do. And uh, he joined about two or three months ago. And uh, we thought, hey, let's just, after this call that we have, let's just shoot the shit. And he's a Kiwi guy. So he's in New Zealand. Uh, he loves to travel to Colombia and other different places, um, and uh, he runs a video marketing agency and is also currently starting a new business. And uh, yeah, we talked about all sorts of different topics that were really interesting. I absolutely loved chatting to him. Uh, we chatted about uh, a lot about journaling, also uh, breakups, because uh, he uh, was currently going through one or is currently going through one. Um, and um, yeah, we talked a lot about journaling, uh, how much it changed our life, uh, meditation, and also jumping from one topic to the next, we also talked about how he hires people, how he delegates, and just different topics around around that. Um, so jumping back and forth to different topics and just shooting the shit. So I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. And without further ado, let's dive right into it. We just came off of a uh, podcast, one of our, uh, not a podcast, the fuck am I talking about? Um, a mastermind call. A mastermind call, group call. Yeah, we we talked about all sorts of different things. First of all, you talked about feedback loops when you're starting to create content. That was for Lewis. And later when we talked about spiritual stuff, going deep. And then uh, I shared some stuff about hiring because uh, I'm currently looking for VAs that can cut up all the content. And um, what are we going to talk about now? We don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's just another chat. Well, those mastermind calls. I think giving perspective on how cool those calls are would would probably benefit some people because yeah, you hear that word, you promote it. Man. If you want to promote it, go on. I don't want to yeah, sign up to the sick mastermind call done by Leon. What's up? Just paying him some money. Just join his Facebook group. Let him let him add you and spam you. <laughs> I help entrepreneurs with X Y Z. Um, no, but for real, it's it's been super interesting. You know, like two months ago, we didn't even know each other. And now it feels like we're talking about some deep internal stuff, which you wouldn't want to share with your random person. We get some interesting feedback from Lewis, who I look at as like a, a Buddha. Actually, we're kind of surrounded by Buddhas because you've got Lewis, who's like very stoic and just calm all the time. And you've got Alex, who's like high energy, but also very deep intellectual. And so, yeah, we have fantastic chats. And man. I, I really look forward to those, those calls for me. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I love hearing that because that's what I want it all to be about. Like, um, mm -hmm. like whatever I do now, I want people to absolutely love it, even if it means I'm making no money. And yeah, these these calls are free. Uh, joining is free. I'm not monetizing it. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it as well. It's I look forward to it so much. Like I woke up this morning, and I was like, yes, the call, and I'm like looking forward to it. Because as you yeah. know, like uh, you are the you're the the my, my lawyer, most loyal listener and fan. Because <laughs> as of this recording, I've only released a few podcasts. Nobody's listening. And uh, Campbell, I, this morning I saw Campbell Watson uh, subscribe to your podcast, uh, to, your, to your YouTube channel. I was like, yes. Yeah. And you actually told me that you listened to, to a lot of the episodes. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. That's cool. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. while we were talking about feedback loops, because in the beginning when you're creating content and you're recording content, um, nobody's watching, nobody's listening. And uh, just having that first listener is like, yes. <laughs> I know Campbell is listening probably to this podcast as well where he's on. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm only going to listen to this one going forward. I, don't, I only want to hear my own voice. This is, this is my goal. We're done now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this Campbell guy, he's really smart. Yeah. 
<laughs> pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We talked about some deep stuff when it comes to spirituality. Um, mm. And you actually talked about Russell Brand. Um, yeah. Low key, modern day Buddha coming out of there. Um, I've been, oh, hold on a second. I just realized my audio is gone. One second, bro. Sorry. I could still hear you. Yeah, just one second. How's that? Mm-hmm. It sounds How about now. Um, where's that coming from? What's the source now? Airpods. Okay. Uh, I think the the one before was actually better. Huh. Okay. My bad. Let's deal with that. All right. We're back on this. It's all good. Cool. Yeah. So I subscribed to Russell's channel or YouTube channel a few months back. It was just blowing away at the kind of content he puts out there, like very deep introspective stuff. And if anyone's listened to them before, they can attest to just how, how nicely he portrays things. He uses very big fancy words, but he gets his messaging across, across quite nicely. And I've learned a lot through those, those um, videos. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a good dude. Specifically. And you were mentioning that he was talking about, um, yeah, the, the breakup stuff. And he talks a lot about addiction in general. Um, yeah, he goes heavy into addiction and just, because he's so vulnerable. He just talks about the things he's dealt with in his life and how he's kind of overcome them. And yeah, it's just true, genuine feedback and information that the world needs, I think. There's no sugarcoating to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he was talk- you said he was talking about... Um, about breakups and the reason why it hurts uh or the hardest part of it is that when you are um when you've broken up with someone it's usually really painful or you want to go back to them because they were giving you something that you're not giving yourself or something along those lines yeah so to quote the man not saying this is any of my own um stuff but he says that if you're struggling to get over an ex or a past relationship, it's because you've given that person responsibility for something you should be taking care of yourself. So part of your identity has been trapped into that person or that past relationship. For example, example, a sense of love, a sense of fulfillment or validation, or just a fun, like, like a fun, energetic person. So when that breakup happens and that person moves on, that identity that you've kind of embedded into them is gone as well. And that's why we feel so empty and lonely or, you know, most people would with a breakup because you're like, shit, all those kind of, sorry, I'm going to swear on this one. Yeah. <laughs> all those good. kind of things that you can, that you, you, you had attached to this person are now gone. And so you kind of have to rebuild them yourself, which I think funny enough, you know what, two, two months ago when this all happened and you said, you said you were either excited or happy for me for going through this breakup. But looking back, I, <laughs> I understand now. Why you said that? At the time, I was like, "What a dick!" Who would say that? But yeah, <laughs> the self growth that comes through from a breakup is just incredible. So yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. For those who are listening and don't know, um, yeah, you you gone through a breakup, and then that was yeah. Uh, yeah, shortly before you jumped on the calls where we got to know each other, and uh, yeah, <laughs> first thing I said is like, "Yeah, man, I'm excited for you." I like I like to do <laughs> that when people when people are going through a rough time. I like to. Um, yeah, I like to interrupt the pattern by by being super excited about it and seeing the good in it because it's hard to see it while you're in it. It's hard to read the label while you're inside the bottle. Um, so yeah, and it's it's true. It's something that I've realized as well. Um, I mean, the first 
sort of breakup that I've had, a proper breakup, uh, was like uh, when I started my first business. Like, I started my first business because I wanted to be back with her. And she was in Australia and I had to leave the country. So breakups are the best. Um, they're really good. If, if, you, if you see it that way, because if you don't you, and you think it's, it's like it's going to fuck you up, then it probably will because then you don't see the, yeah, the good in it and then it, it doesn't energize you. It just cripples you. And breakups are fucking tough, man. Like the, the other two guys that are, that are on the call, um, Alex and Lewis, uh, that were on the call just then, they haven't gone, uh, Alex has, but uh, yeah, I chatted to some other guys here in Cyprus. That's right. They haven't been through a breakup yet and they have no idea what it's like. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> this is one of the toughest things you'll ever experience. And they're like, oh, really? Mm. And I'm like, yes, it is. Uh, and yeah, not many people talk about that. Not many guys talk about that. Um, but yeah, I've, I feel like I've come through my last breakup pretty well. Uh, and it's funny that you say that, what Russell Brand said. Uh, Brand said. It's because I, I, I saw immediately that I, I love it when, when women are, are really fun and lighthearted and they just have fun and they laugh a lot. It's because I'm missing that, or I, I missed that back then in myself. I was really strict and intense and uh, yeah, I was looking for that in, in my partner. And uh, looking back, I've had a lot of, yeah, just fun times with them. So I could immediately relate to, to what Russell Brand said. Is the internet chopping out a lot for you as well? Um, no, no. I yeah, mean, that's probably me. I'm going to move, but I'll, I'll keep talking. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Check off the camera. I'm just going to walk around. Sorry. Terrible audio. Terrible video. Who would make this thing? <laughs> that's Sorry, good. I don't know if we're going to cut this out or we keep this in. Maybe we just keep it in. Why not? It'll take me like 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, Cool. Uh, where to go? Let's go here. Could be my internet as well, but yeah, I never trust that Cypress shit. Yeah, no. I, I actually want to uh, leave in a few weeks again after we've we've done our little trip here because we're organizing a trip with the, with the boys. Uh, but after that, I actually want to leave. Just m one thing is literally the internet because I'm uploading a lot of content and internet is really important. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a lifeline, a lifeline for a digital nomads, which is sad, but also just the, the the truth of it all, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what what are some of the things that you saw uh, that you were getting from relationships that you now uncovered, where you're like, oh, so is it also the fun part on like enjoying your life and not being too strict? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've written this all down. I won't read it word for word, but there are a lot of things which kind of, I would say. It's not fully, so to give this some perspective, these were things that I was kind of embedding into someone else, but they weren't fully there. Like, for example, self-acceptance or love. Like, of course, you're going to get love from a partner, but that doesn't mean my only love source was that person. But just recognizing that some of it was latched to that other person. So some of the things that were um, embedded in this other person were like self-belief and just having that really positive feedback loop from someone else like yeah you can do it you've got this and you know I'm a self-critic so I'm very hard on myself naturally I'm working hard to overcome this but when I was receiving that from an external source it was quite um you know powerful 
um, that kind of follows into the, the self-acceptance one, which was, you know, having someone so genuinely like you can do it, just fully believing in you, it kind of detracts you from your own weaknesses and securities, um, which I found, you know, quite nice. The love for sure, uh, self-compassion, similar to the other two, uh, success, kind of validating yourself or your, your vision of a successful life or person through having an attractive partner or an amazing partner or whatever that is that you value in the other sex or the other person. Um, the validation was one as well. Um, the sense of loneliness. Of, not that I was lonely at the time, but look, all of it, you know, I've, I've been involved in the whole dating scene for a while, for a few years, doing the whole pickup stuff. And I think a lot of that comes from a state of loneliness, not feeling worthy in yourself. And that's why a lot of these guys go out and chase chicks was for that specific reason. That's something I've kind of worked on recently, but yeah. Uh, the playfulness and being lighthearted. You know, Latina chicks, they're quite bubbly and fun. And I'm quite an intense, serious dude. So that was quite a nice mix. And a lot of my self-esteem, kind of all those things bundled together kind of makes my self-esteem. So yeah, there was a lot of that entwined there. And so the first kind of six weeks of that breakup was complete shit because I was like, whoa, what happened to my identity? But now that I've really dug into it and rebuilt it and, you know, rebuilding, I would say, um, I think I'm coming out a lot stronger than before. So that's why I keep, when I, when I have these realizations, I'm like, fuck, Leon was so right. <laughs> always, always. So uh, you've probably learned right, from now on that whatever Leon says is the truth and just take whatever I, I say. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll go with that. that way. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh, I'll take my 20 bucks later. Thank you. <laughs> um it's um I, I think it's like so many people need to do exactly what what you're doing here like this introspection just journaling right it's it's like there's so much growth that comes from journaling and like looking into yourself and like ah oh, realizing this about myself whoa that's scary and um yeah one one thing that you mentioned is like the significance of like yeah i'm with a hot chick like i think so many guys have that like like whenever I know a guy is like bragging about who's he dating and he shows pictures, of course, he's always going to pick the best looking pictures, right? He's always going to be like, yeah, sure. put her in the, in the best light. Cause man, it's so common that, that we want to like show, Hey, this is, this is someone I've dated. And then it must be like the super hot, super hot chick. And we get so much significance out of that. And uh, I don't know if you've I ever think- been with a chick that's where you're like, yes, she's, she's good looking and she, you can brag with that, but you don't like spending time with her. And it's like, it just feels so empty. It's. Yeah. I think once you experience one of those kind of people and look, that person will be great for someone else. But for me, that I've had that, that experience before. And it's like, that's when you recognize that looks are great, but far out deep and fun conversations that just topples it every single time, you know? Um, but you have to go through that experience to, to realize that. Um, and I think those guys in that early stage of pickup and going out and trying to meet as many chicks as they can and all that stuff, they'll, they'll chase this dream of the perfect 10 and then you get with her and they're like, Oh shit, like that's all it was. (laughs) So, and that can be said for most goals in life. Like you hear of so many rich people saying like, Oh, you, I wish you all had a billion dollars to realize that this doesn't mean anything. (laughs) And you know, I think this is the way we perceive things out of our own reach at the time. We put them on massive pedestals and make them seem so much bigger and important than they are. Yeah, that's intense. 
Yeah, and I think uh, we we don't just get uh, these emotional needs net uh, needs met from relationships or ex partners, which we miss, mm. but also businesses or just belief systems and stuff like that, right? Like I, I've had a big construct in my head belief system of like, in order to be successful, I have to have. Um, yeah, I have to have a hundred million dollar business. I have to live this lifestyle. And I started questioning all that because I realized it's not really motivating me. And mm. um, that was also really painful. I actually had to do a lot of journaling, a lot of thinking and coming to grips with that. It's like, because you've got that old construct and um, yeah, it's just something I realized as well. Um, it's hard to let go of because we get our needs met from all of these, all of these things. Yeah. And that's when it gets so difficult because your identity gets attached to your vision or your goals for you with the business. And I've had that same with the business, right? And it's very difficult to kind of detach from that vision and then reflect on why, why did I put so much importance to this? And now why am I feeling like, I don't know, just questioning it in general. And I think that just comes through journaling. So if anyone's that's not journaling, journaling right now, just stick to trying to do every day for 30 days and see what comes up because I think it's awesome. Yeah. What are, what are some of the best things that have come up uh, journaling, but during the journaling for you? I definitely have a couple so, of things that immediately pop up. You go first then. Okay. One of the things is when I first, it was actually a very practical business journaling session. Um, and it was something that Ryan Moran talked about. Uh, someone that speak in the e-commerce state, uh, space. He's one of the yeah serious guys who were like if you listen to him like that's that's how you build a long-term big business and and he said um basically like a journaling session where you you take your your goal by 10 uh and i talked about this in another video which you probably listen to because you listen to all my episodes that's so funny anyway, for so those that have not yeah, it's so weird when people already know stuff about me and I'm like, how do you know that? And they're like, oh, you talked about it on your podcast. Oh, you listen to that? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's basically, okay, it's basically where you look at your goal and you times it by 10. And for me, that was uh, by the end of the year, I wanted to make 3K um, when I first started my business. And I was like, okay, times 10, 30K. Ooh, that's a lot. And then the second stage of it is like, um, you you just theoretically think about what would I have to do in order to achieve that goal? Just theoretically, like if, or if, if it was someone else that had to do that, what would they have to do? So you take the ego out of it and the, all the excuses and like, Oh, this is not possible for me because of this and that. And I came up with solutions of like, Hey, I would have to um, get this much, much cash together. Uh, where could I get it? Hey, I could ask family members. I could ask friends. I could sell my stuff. I could sell, uh, yeah, my, my guitar, video games, all that stuff. And, um, and then the next thing would be, I would have to launch about three or four new products that were making that many sales. And then the third part of the, uh, the journaling session is, okay, um, could you do it? And it's like, yeah, oh, I actually could. And it's like, it just gets you thinking outside of the box. And then I actually went for it and uh, I sold all my stuff, uh, got money together and uh, launched three more products within uh, about a three to four month period where I was like just working on that um and uh yeah in, at the end of the year i actually made 22k of profit in that in that month and it was like way bigger than the 3k goal i didn't reach my goal but it's like that one journaling session of just considering that it's like it's it's crazy so that was definitely one where i was like whoa 
And a lot of journaling sessions for me have just been repetitive things that are going on in my head. And then you start seeing patterns. It's like, and then when you go back, like that's also really big. When you go back to old sessions and you realize, fuck, I've already, I thought I had such original thoughts and realizations now. And I've already been journaling about it back then. This is not new. And I'm keep running this pattern. You're like, fuck. And then you realize the patterns that are running in your head. So that's also something really big, actually going back to old sessions and, and then looking at what you've been thinking and what your thinking was like back then. That's so cool that you had that experience with that journal session though, the, the, the 10X question. I've actually just started going through that myself on this new business as well. So yeah, I, I challenge you to do that, right? In the, in the call yeah. before, right? We talked a lot. Yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. So I've gone through it once. Um, and this is no, cause you, you sent me us that video of how to journal your way to millions or something like that, which I loved by the way, that was an awesome video. Yeah. Um, and that video, by the way, just for the listeners, uh, is, uh, type in Patrick Grove and then journaling to millions. It's, it's a video about mind value. You'll find it. It's really good yeah, stuff. That was really, really important asking that how question. Cause the why, the way the thing I took away from that was the why questions are quite internal. Why do I feel this way? Why do I want this? Why am I insecure about this? Whatever it is, you know, why? And the how question is how did this happen? How can I make it happen? And those, those are much more practical. It depends what you're after, right? And so that, that how question has been super useful for me. And I, I went through it once and I've actually scheduled in time tomorrow to go through it again and try to flesh it out more and more because the more clear I can make that, the better it's going to be. So yeah, thank you again for that. Yeah, no worries, man fan right now <laughs> what's that i said you're talking to your biggest fan right now <laughs> yeah i'll give you an autograph later <laughs> Thank you. yeah yeah what what's what some yeah. other things that that popped up for you during journaling so there's two ways i look at journaling the first one is like my daily journaling where it can be very unplanned i can just go in there and write whatever i feel like writing you know whatever's on my head that morning this is going to sound weird, but today I wrote a little love letter to myself because I, like I said, I was very self-critical. And so one of the things I'm trying to do more is just recognize the good, the good and the bad, those, those negatives that I have, you've got to learn to love those too, to be complete. Right. So that was something I just wrote yeah, a page full of love letter to myself. Then the next day, the day before that was, you know, what do I want to do today? Like they're very unplanned and just whatever feels like should come out at that time. That's, that's like one half of the journal is just throw whatever feels right at the time. The other half is those practical questions. So what are my values? How can I make X in this amount of time? How can I, how can I fully accept myself? And yeah, this, there's very deep questions, which you're going to need to look at multiple times and revisit every few months. I think that's where you really get the gold of journaling. And that's actually why I've moved to the writing journal to an actual digital journal, like typing it out because it allows me to quickly access these things in the future, but then also edit and add to as I, as I adapt and develop my thoughts. So it's been a really cool experience. Yeah. For anyone listening out there, if you are a techie person and you need a business idea, I would pay a lot of money for a little pad that where I can write physically and then it turns it into a digital text and then I can have a, like a little yeah journal um, a journal archive where I can just search for stuff because because it does have benefits to just write. I just like writing on paper, but I also yeah, so. want it to have you know 
I would have to hire a VA or something, type it out for me or something, but. Uh, no, no, there, I think there is actually a digital book like that. I think, I can't remember. I'll see if I can find it after the call. But yeah, there's the, so that when you're typing, you don't have that kind of kinetic connection. When you're actually writing something, you kind of, you feel more in, in tune with it. So that is my issue with those digital journals, but the ability to search and reflect whenever I want to is far outweighs that for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's some other thing that popped up in my mind that I wanted to talk about. Um, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I should journal about it right now. Um, and we talked about, uh, yeah, actually your hiring process. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's chat about that. I thought uh, that was really interesting. Even just the way you, you ask questions to them. Like just mm. questions in general is like so powerful. People underestimate the power of questions. Um, yeah. So you, you asked them uh, if you had $100 extra a week, what would you spend it on? Yeah, so to put things in perspective, I had this grandiose idea of becoming a business coach, which I, I now have moved on from. But part of this was all around by trying to automate a business through hiring the right staff and just building out an awesome team. And when this idea sprang or came about, it was when I was living in Medellin with a few of my friends, some entrepreneurial friends. And these guys are all like killers. They're very high level thinkers. And I was absorbing so much information and obviously providing a lot. And I can't remember, remember exactly when it was, but it hit me this, this, this time when we were doing interviews. And I was like, why don't you ask them if, so this is to the applicant, if you were given an extra $100 and you didn't have to work that weekend, what would you do? And I asked this in a few interviews as we were trying to hire someone in Medellin. And the first answer I got was I would go out and get drunk. I never hired that person because I don't really drink. I, I haven't drunk in quite a while, had alcohol in a long time. And to me, that's a value of someone that doesn't really take care of their body that much. Or, the, or you know, drink all you want, that's fine. But at the first thing you thought of for your weekend and more money was to go out and get drunk tells me a lot about you. So I like these questions because it gives me a lot of ideas around your values, around how you want to spend your free time. And, you know, when it's not your off your budget, it gives you that abundance to really go into the things you want to do. So yeah, that's one of my favorite questions to ask in an interview. And that's actually in my questionnaire, which is like the first step of the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. We can go into the funnel more if you want. It's, it's a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. If you want to share it, definitely. Let's, let's do it. Sure. So Obviously, there's tools like Upwork and Freelancer and all that, but let's be real, the, the quality there is dying quite quickly. Or if it isn't, you're just getting bombarded with people who aren't truly reading your, your um, uh, applications or job listings. So um, I would recommend creating like a website or a landing page within your website. So mine's just slash hiring. And if someone goes to that website and they, then the URL, they would be given like a quick brief around the values of the company and why it would be great to work with us. So just outlining kind of, kind of a sales pitch, uh, outlining exactly what it is that we do and what makes us unique. And then on that, I am looking for copywriters and designers right now in my, in my new business. And so it's like step one, apply here. And so they would click on that and they would get taken to a Google form, which is pretty lengthy. I think it takes about 20 minutes to complete. And it's asking a lot about their values what it is they like, like the environment that they like to work in, the kind of boss they would like to work from, what, how, how they perceive their success in a job. Like, cause that's a very interesting topic in itself. Like 
what an employer sees successful in a role versus an employee. And that can often lead to huge mismatch, mismatch, mishaps. Anyway, mismatch. So there's that. Thank you, mate. I speak English. <laughs> Here we are. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole hiring funnel is, is, is going from the hiring uh, landing page into a questionnaire. Those answers can either go into a Google Sheet or into Trello. You can use Zapier to pull it into Trello. And then from there, you've got that whole Kanban style where you've got like applied, video received, uh, first interview complete, test task complete. And you should set it so the automation's already like moving them across the board. Um, and that's when it gets really fun because you turn it into this whole system of hiring people. And it makes it really easy to get like 50 applicants down to three really quickly by just setting them little loopholes. Like your, you must use this kind of subject line and your response to this email and things like that. Attention for detail. Um, so yeah, the hiring landing page, the questionnaire, then I usually get them to do a video, just a quick one minute video, just to test their spoken English and to see how comfortable they are talking about themselves. You know, are they quite outgoing? Are they shy? Not that either of them is good or bad, but you can kind of pick up on a personality pretty quickly through that. And then from there, there's obviously the interviews, uh, test tasks. And then I would usually go for a trial period of the first month and make sure that you're organized because I've seen quite a lot of friends hire people and they haven't fleshed out the role completely. So someone else could take it over. And then the, the new applicant or the new hire doesn't do as well as they thought they would. And they get really angry. Oh, that person was shit. They, they I never should have hired them. And I looked at their like working procedures and their systems. And I was like, bro, like, do you even understand what you wrote? Like no one could. <laughs> and that was the failing was them, not the actual hiring person. So I've had yeah, similar experiences. Yeah, I think everyone has and you have to learn the hard way first. Yeah, so I in my previous business, I had a, a freelancer that would do a, a German uh, German freelancer that would do all the supply chain management for me. So all the really important stuff of like, when do we have to reorder? When are we going out of stock? Organizing the transportation so it arrives on time and we still get a good price. And she was just amazing. Like I've built a really great system to track it all. And it was very clear once a week, you do this. If this happens, you do this. If this happens, you do that. And very laid out. And after a while, she was so into it that uh, I didn't even know what was going on anymore. She had to tell me what's going on. Oh, by the way, this has happened here, this and that. I was like, oh, yeah, how does this work again? Um, and uh, she was even sending me uh, invoices sometimes where it's like, hey, by the way, uh, you can pay it now. I got this invoice a couple of weeks ago, but I negotiated with them again because I saw they were charging us for stuff that we didn't, uh, we didn't need. And, uh, I saw in the, in the, um, history of the, of the messaging of the emails that she was like going back and forth with them and negotiating, Hey, we don't pay these 200 euros extra. Cause you know, and, uh, it was like, great, like awesome. And uh, I was telling my buddy about it and he was like, yeah, I need someone like my, mine are all, they're not doing what I, what I'd like them to do. And I have to micromanage them and all that stuff. And, um, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll connect you with her because she was just working part-time at that time. And um, yeah, then after a few weeks, he was like, oh yeah, by the way, that, uh, that freelancer that you referred me to, she was, she was horrible. And I was like, what? And I looked at his business. His business was, um, yeah, it was pretty messy. He didn't have any systems. He, 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 his business was way bigger than mine. Uh, and he, it, there was no structure to it. So he didn't have anything that, that tracked when they ordered and when they'd have to reorder. So she would have to look in the emails and stuff like that. And it's like, of course, mm. of course. So, yeah. So 
that's a classic example. And there's something to touch on here is that to, you shouldn't document everything to the point that you don't give the employee any freedom. Like you don't want to just set them on a thin little path and they can't bear off it at all because that just isn't fun for anyone and you don't actually get the creative employee you want. But you want to give them the, the, the railroad that they can go on and it can change lanes depending on their skill set. But you need to give them that freedom to build up that confidence to own that role. Like to the point that they were like negotiating invoices for you. Like that's unheard of. That's awesome, man. Like props to you. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got lucky with that kind of. Like I, I, sure. did, I did interviews and stuff like that, but I could just sense. And it, it's, to be fair, it's Germans. Like Germans are, it's the Germans. if you need someone to do a job properly, I think Germans is the way to go. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> uh, we're very detail oriented, very structured. And so, but um, yeah, yeah um, that was, that was great. And I was like, wow, that's when I, that's when I got hooked on hiring and on delegating. And you just said on the on the mastermind call that you you love delegating as well. It's like all you can do delegating. It's like your number one skill. It's, and I think it's as an entrepreneur, it's the the only thing you need because you don't need any other skills if you know how to delegate. I mean, you want to have a basic understanding yeah. and the other the other skills, but you don't need to like if you need to, to be. If you ever want to scale beyond yourself and your own forty hour week or however long you're working, then yeah, you're gonna have to hire other people and delegate. So yeah, I would agree. Like I've you, never heard of a billion dollar business with only one employee. <laughs> yeah. Or even like a eight figure business or seven figure business is also exactly. really hard to pull off. And even if you can pull it off, you don't want to because you don't no. have a life. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So how did you, how did you learn it? Is there any resources that you can recommend on that? I actually took a course from a friend of mine who was really good at automating his own business. And through that, I kind of took what he did and applied it to mine and, Kind of made my own spin of it all. And I've always been very detail oriented, like step one, do this, step two, do that, step three, do this. And I don't know. It's something I really enjoy. I think the reason why I enjoy it so much is because I know if I do it right, I don't have to do that task again. Yeah. That is like the most liberating thing in the world. So even though it's a very mundane process, like very, you know, it takes a lot of time to put the whole document in order. But I know if I've done it right, here you go. Yes. Oh. Um, how good is that <laughs> the first time i i built these systems i remember it was so hard like just coming up with that spreadsheet that would calculate everything and it, it was it was a great spreadsheet for for my standards because i'm mm. i would say i'm good at maths and i'm good at logical stuff um but it's not something i'm like getting off of get, getting off on so um but uh, it's uh it was really hard for me in the beginning, but I realized that once I had it delegated, the impact was just like night and day. I would be totally stressed out working all day and not making progress in my business too. All that stuff is, is gone, it's taken care of. And now I have all this freedom and I can focus on new projects. It was like night and day. So I know the impact and it, going back to feedback loops, which is what we talked about in the mastermind call as well. It's like that feedback, feedback loop just hit me like a, like a ton of bricks is like it's so big when you delegate stuff it's so it changes your life and that's why i'm kind of sad that a lot of um the the coaches and courses that help people delegate and automate they're not doing as well like i i, I did some consulting beginning of the year for entrepreneurs that are struggling with that problem and it was really hard for me to get clients because they would always say they would always say yes i know i really need that stuff that you're offering but 
I just don't have the time right now because <laughs> I'd be busy doing all that stuff. It's like a chicken or the egg problem. It's like, they just wouldn't realize it. And they would have yeah. such a hard time actually sitting down and doing the procedures. And I would tell them, Hey, what you do is you just record a video and get your employee to write that procedure. You don't even have to write the procedure yourself. You can look so through it. So even delegating that, like thinking on a different level. Yeah. And it's so yeah. funny hearing the statement, like the, the objection of, I don't have enough time. Like they're only ever going to have enough time if they go through that grueling process of documenting it in the first place. And it's like, the chicken and the egg, like they, they can't, they can't grow beyond their own limits. Yeah. I don't know. Delegate. And they also had, um, they also had objections come up that I had as well when I started with the, uh, procedurizing and systemizing process, which is, Hey, there's so many businesses like mine. Can't they just share the systems with me? Can't they just like, there's so many other people that are selling products online, e-commerce, like they probably have or already have these systems. Like, isn't there something that offers that? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. But everyone's creating it for themselves. So that that's another business idea, by the way. Uh, creating business systems, basic business systems that can later on be customized. But uh, the supply chain management spreadsheet that I had, you're having another idea now. You're like, yes. I'm not going to chase it. But I was like, that's actually quite a nice idea. It is. Because <laughs> like... The, the spreadsheet that I, uh, later on with the clients that I share with them, they're like, oh, whoa, that's pretty cool. Like, can you set that up for me? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty easy. Like, can then we customize it to your mm -hmm. business? Because you're sourcing from different clients and then there's different numbers that you have to type in. Maybe you have to add a bit of, to the formula, but it's the, the basic structure is already there. It's much easier to do that than start from scratch. And uh, yeah, that's another business idea there. Or even like the, the, the stuff that I'm delegating now is uh, I'm delegating the... Um, the content distribution. So we're recording this podcast right now. It's a video podcast. Uh, then it's going to be uh, as a podcast on iTunes, which you're going to listen to Campbell as you always do. Uh, then it's going to be as a full video on YouTube. Uh, then it's also going to be cut into little pieces for Facebook and Instagram uh, with subtitles and a title and like a progress bar that you see and stuff like that. And then it could even be transcribed this podcast or parts of it and then posted on medium as articles. So it's kind of like the, the, content permit that That's Gary Vee does as well. And it's like, yeah. there's so many content creators that don't know how to do that. So that's what I'm going to offer as uh, consulting for them or as a service. I want to get like a couple of clients to do that for them because they just don't know how to set up the system and delegate it properly. So yeah, delegating is a superpower and uh, you can do that for a lot of other businesses. I think yeah, every business requires it. Like if it wants to grow, it has to delegate for sure. Yeah. It's weird. I, I don't think I'm too much of a structured person, though, uh, or I am now. But I think it's something that I've learned. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like suspicious. I was like, you seem very structured. But, yeah. Oh, I, that, yes and no. You're you're quite fun, and like, at least the vibe that I get is very very. Um, what is the word? Bubbly. <laughs> Do things. But like, it, what is that word? Oh no, I hate this. <laughs> Like can't sit still? No, no, no. Like if you want to do or do something, it'll just pop up in your head and you're like, cool, let's just go do that now. Um, someone's probably listening and just laughing because I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, you're very, whatever that word is. <laughs> like uh, just quickly taking action? Yeah. It's like, oh my God. I've been learning too much Spanish. I forgot in English. Say it in Spanish. Um, Rapido. En verdad, no sé en español. También. <laughs> Um, no, it's like, well, you just, 
if you see something you like, you just go out and do it. You make fun of it. And so there's that side of you, which is very unstructured. But then I just assumed because you're German that you would be also very structured as well. Yeah, but um, the, that, that new part of like doing stuff that like, hey, I like doing this. I'm relearning that now only recently, only the past few weeks, actually. Like if you met me, like even when we first spoke, I was a completely different person because I was like, I've learned to be super structured, to be very methodical and be super focused and always like, brr, like super intense. And also that competitive side of like, I want to be the best. I want to build this hundred million dollar business. That is something that I've learned from all the content that I consumed that wasn't mm. really my nature. I like being competitive and stuff like that, but I, I actually deeply value fun and enjoyment more than winning. Like, and that's, that's, that's been a big realization for me in journaling sessions. And it's like, since I've gotten more in touch with that, things have become so much easier for me. I'm so much happier. And just realizing that, that, that I don't have to, like, I always wanted to be like, not always, but in the past few years, I wanted to be that guy that's the most ambitious and, uh, yeah. I'm just not, but I'm still ambitious. It's, yeah. But I'm more fun than these guys. Hard realization to have because Super entrepreneurial hard. area of life is very like must be the best, must go to the top. You know, um, the word I was looking for was spontaneous. <laughs> I didn't actually search it; it just came up after a while. Yeah. But yeah, that that whole going against the grind of what everyone else is telling you to do is is difficult. And it's great that you've recognized that these kind of messages that are being portrayed in the media are like not what you what you align with. So even though you may never be the, the on the Forbes top list, or whatever that that someone else's dream is, you're learning to play in your own game, and just be like, okay, at winning this kind of game, you know, whatever that is to you. For you, it might be, I want to like one of the things for me. What you can probably relate is, I want to look back at my life when I'm old, and think, fuck yes, like I did it all. I did everything that I wanted to do, and so that comes through just like trying to do as much every day and going out on those spontaneous adventures. So yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's kind of like that topic about like not regretting your life in the end. And I think so many people nowadays mm. think that they have to achieve the biggest goals and work the most to achieve the most, so they can say yes, I achieved that goal and I don't regret anything. But um, what it actually is is that oftentimes I think people look back on their lives, especially the really ambitious ones, and they're like, "Fuck, I would wish I would have just hung out more with friends and." Be, yeah. be, being silly and having fun. Like I, I'm, I'm on the Forbes list. I'm one of the biggest hedge fund managers in the world, but fuck, I didn't enjoy my life a lot. It's like, that is, yeah. isn't that more likely to happen as regret than the other thing? So that's why I actually resonate so much with Gary Vee stuff now because I, I finally get it. He's not about hustle. He's actually not because for him, it's not, I don't think it's for him. It's hustle. I think for him, it's like, it's not. he really enjoys it. And for me, back then, the e-commerce business was hustle. It was hustling myself, grinding, really grind. It was really grinding. Not like, yeah, grind, but like, fuck, grind. Fuck, I don't want to do this grind. Yes. And that was like, man, if that's what Gary Vee is about, no, I don't like his stuff. But now I get it because it's like, he's all about like happiness and like really doing what you enjoy. And for me, it was a big pill to swallow to be like, hey, maybe I don't want to be that super significant guy who's like the best of the best and everyone looks up to him. Like, because I've had glimpses of that. 
um, of people who are like, whoa, he's built a seven figure business and sold it. And he's so young, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's it, that didn't give me anything. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I just thinking of what that would do on a bigger scale, like it, it mm. would be even more empty. Like, and then yeah. I realized, yeah, this whole significance, like it's, I'm just doing it for significance. And uh, yeah, journaling, man. Journaling is the best for that. And so the, the thing is that Gary, in Gary's videos, he's actually just talking about doing the thing that makes you happy. And it just so happens to be that for him, it's actually working a fucking lot. So people are mis misunderstanding the message going, oh, I need to do what he does to be happy. But no, that's the complete opposite for most people. Um, have you also seen the documentary Minimalism? I uh, think no, it's on Netflix. It. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll yeah. check it out. Bro, that's like, that puts things in perspective. Yeah. Hearing like two dudes who work like very corporate ladder, like they were basically, I think they were working in the mobile phone industry, just selling mobile phones as much as they could. And their their house was getting full of shit they never used. Like the classic kind of keeping up with the Joneses' life. And then one day they were like, fuck, man, like, where did my 20s go? Where did my, my youth go? And unfortunately, it took like a family death for one of them to really realize the, the power of like the fact that he never spent time with his own mother to make him go, well, make him question his own values. And so then they go out and rediscover what it means to have like true values and live by them. And for them, it was just not living with a lot. So I think you would really enjoy that. Yeah. One of my favorite documentaries. I'll check it out. Uh, and going back to to my example and my transformation as well in that regard is I've uh, also said that on the mastermind call just then I've been pretty, pretty energized the past few days by where I'm going because I've, I've kind of changed my vision board. I've not kind of, I've totally changed my vision board. It's all, there's, it's full of people now and full of fun experiences and full of um, yeah stuff that actually excites me. And it's like the financial goal that I set was like, by the end of this year, just have enough cash flow again to cover my living expenses, which is if I make 3K a month, I'm set for life. Like I, I don't think I'll ever need more than 3K. I, like I can always move to, to, to Bali or then, then I'll live like a king. Even if I have a family, I could live there. And, uh, and then by, by age, whatever, just have like, if I have 10K a month, like that's like living like a king. And um it's it's just a much lower bar, but that's all I need. And I used to have a Maserati on there. I don't give a fuck about cars. <laughs> I really yeah, don't. I don't <laughs> I want to. Ferrari, I was like, what is this doing here? Yes. And Lewis, Lewis loves cars. He gets energized by it. For him to have that on his nice. vision board is like, yes. Because he's like, when, when we're walking down the streets here in Cyprus, he's like, oh man, look at that car. Ooh, that's like a BMI, BMW i5. And I'm like, what? Okay, it's BMW, cool. I like cars, but I'm not <laughs> energized by them. Yeah, and and I had a had a big house and a big mansion on it. All of that deleted it. All of that gone. Sure. Because I don't care about it. All I want is actually just be able to live in my own space. I need a bed. I need a a shower. I you know somewhere to sit. I don't need all that stuff. And the, all that luxury stuff doesn't excite me. And um, <laughs> me and you have the most aligned values when it comes to materialism and consumerism, I think. Yeah. As, and I love the fact that your vision board is full of people. I've never heard someone say their vision board was full of people, <laughs> but that, that, that is so you. Cause I think that's where you really do get your most happiness from is that. Yeah. That's awesome.
Yeah, it's um, and, and I've got a quote on there that is by Leon Hendricks. Um, I, it's, <laughs> I, I think I've made it up myself. Uh, I don't okay, know. I don't know if there's anyone else. It's exclusive. But like, basically, life is all about the experience experiences you have with the people you love. And it's like, uh, if I look back, yeah, that's from life, JFK, actually. Shit. Yeah. I, I thought it was mine. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, how can I make this annoying for you? <laughs> I was like, shit. I wanted to sound original. But yeah, it's. <laughs> I've realized that looking back, like I've actually had one journaling session, going back to journaling sessions where I'm like, I felt this grind feeling again. I was like, fuck, I have to do this. I have to do it. I have to be successful. I have to be productive. I was like, what do I really value in life? And I was like, thinking about my family, uh, my, my siblings and the experiences that I've had with them. And I just got so emotional. It's like this release of energy. It was so weird. And I was like so happy and so energized. And I like, immediately like texted them and called them. And like, I realized like, I'm not valuing what I really value. Like it's one thing to like set your values, but it's another thing to actually look at what you really value. And um, then I realized like, I'm actually, I'm actually a, a family person. I like, I, I never felt like a family person because I've had a lot of, a lot of shit happening in my family. And since I was young, I always felt like, Nah, I'm, like I was always the kid that was never at home. I would I'd always stay out at, at friends' places because I was like, I just don't want to spend time at home. But I realized like family is super important to me. And it's, um, yeah. Since then, my relationships have gotten so much, like so good with my family. And just like life has gotten so much easier. So what, 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 do, you, what do you value? What are your values that you, do you have them written out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can pull it up. I know that the, the, so the thing that I find annoying about values is speaking, people can just be like health, wealth, relationships, freedom. Yeah. Cool. Great. Like everyone can say that. Um, I do, I do want to just put on one point though. And that, that's what I think a lot of people's unhappiness in their life is living a life that is incongruent with their values. So if your value is freedom and adventure, like one of my key ones is, and you live a job or a life that is very nine to five grind normality, you're going to have a lot of unhappiness when, it, when you realize that your value is here and your life is there. Um, so yeah, biggest one for me is health going in deeper is like the, the having a physically fit and strong body, taking care of my mind and my well-being, uh, yoga, the meditation and self-reflection through the journaling, the morning routines, uh, abstaining from drugs and alcohol. And then you've got wealth. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go through this all. It'll take forever, mm. but wealth, relationships like i value wealth over possessions materialism beyond my essentials serves no purpose to me um i value living within my means and investing every single week to amass long-term wealth um no consumer debt like those kind of topics so it's having that header like wealth relationships freedom adventure self-mastery and contribution those are like my main seven i think it was and then under each one i have main topics or like subtopics i guess and i just I continuously add to them. And the way I started was simply asking myself, what would a successful life look like to me? And then once I asked that to answer that question, it was like, well, I want to have this kind of physique. I want to be doing these kind of things. I want this kind of bank account, these kind of relationships. And then that's where I was like, okay, these are probably my values. So yeah, something I definitely 
reflect on and, and investigate more each each month i'd say even yeah. more yeah and there's another podcast that i recorded that uh, went online a couple of days ago um with kyle kyle soda a guy that i met in croatia who's now a good friend of mine and uh, i look up to him a lot because he's he's made a big transition like that as well where he's like he he was writing a hundred headlines a day. He was writing headlines for Russell Brunson. He's like a copywriter, but he hated it. And he got really sick for a year, really bedridden for months. And then he, he healed himself by looking at what do I really want to do? And he started making videos, started making uh, films. He's a cinematographer and that's all he does now. And he healed himself. And um, he also talks about uh, his values and like that. It's, it's, it's not like a nice exercise to do. Oh, let's, set some values like you set a goal no actually the the values that you set or that you discover for yourself it's like one of the most important things to do because it's like going back to like systemizing things it's a systemized way and an automated way to make decisions and live your life because you look you filter everything everything that comes at you, you filter it through your values and then that those decide what you need to do so for example there was one night where he's like yeah i, I said it yeah, there was one night where he's like, oh, I stayed at home last night because, you know, even though there was like a big party going on at the Mind Valley event in Croatia that we were at, I was like, oh, there's a big party here, this and that. And um, he was like, no, no, it's just my number one value is health. And I felt really tired and I felt like I was getting sick. And my second value is community and friendship. So I decided to stay at home and sleep because my number one is health. Because if I'm not healthy, I can't be present with the people. And it's like, damn. And it's just, it just makes your life so much easier as well. Cause you don't have to like think of like, Oh, do I need to do this or that? It's like, look at your values. Cause these are the things that you value that you've, yeah, makes sense. You value your values. Right. Um, and it's, it's so important. It's like, it's not just a nice thing to do. It's hard to discover them though. Cause it's like, I don't know, at least for me, now that I'm journaling, journaling a lot more, it's becoming more natural. But I remember the, remember when I started to journal, it was like looking down at this blank piece of paper and I'm like, I, I guess I write interesting introspective thoughts now, but nothing was coming up, right? It took like a few weeks to really dive into it more and more. So yeah, I think that's a great way. Was it Kyle, did you say? For him mm-hmm. to live life. I think that's awesome. So just to see your rule book of how you want to live a happy and fulfilled life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool. any anything that you want to achieve in your business or in your life, it always starts with setting goals. It always starts with, that's what I want to do. You don't end up there naturally, usually. And I think values, setting values is like, yeah, setting goals for your life. And it's the no- step number one for anything before you take any action. It's like step number one. Where are we going? What are we, yeah, what's our target? What's, how do we want to live? And um, yeah, so big. I, I absolutely love that episode because he's, he's got a ton of wisdom, this guy, because he went through so much shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a literally, it's not just a nice exercise to do. It's like the most important thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's cause there's so much, there's so much shit added onto you. And I, I said this in another, uh, episode that I recorded uh, a few days ago. Um, and I said this before as well, I'm probably repeating myself, but I think entrepreneurs nowadays are like next big sheep herd where it's like, we think with the wolves because we're going our own way. But actually there's people that have taught us, Hey, you should start your own business because I'm selling a course and you should take my course. Um, and it's like, we think we're like the wolves that have broken out of the sheep herd, but we are actually just joining another sheep herd. And we think we're wolves, which yeah. is even 
even worse. And uh, so many people that are starting businesses now and building businesses and doing things and being ambitious, which is maybe something they don't even resonate with, but they just just so much shit added onto you. And then journaling is something that actually helps you cut through that bullshit if you if you're able to go deep enough and like have be silent and really listen to what's going on inside. And it takes dedication and sit down with a pen and paper and just start to write. And I think it was from that Patrick, was it Patrick Cross? Patrick Grove. Grove, there you go. Patrick Grove. He talks about the first few times you go into the journal. It's just like you just dump out all this crap that you've kind of been building up inside. And then from there, once you clear it out, then you start to get into those deeper introspective questions around your values and your life vision and all these kind of things. So I think that's such a valuable tool. I've actually been doubting it recently because I've kind of become a little bit slower in what I've been saying, but this discussion made me realize just how much it's, it's changed my perspective on life. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's also one of the most productive things to do, I believe. Um, sure. cause, cause it's easy to think that, and I, fall into that sometimes as well into that old pattern of like work means sitting in front of a laptop and typing and doing stuff actually work can also mean going for a walk and just clearing your thoughts and getting more clarity and journaling is one of the most yeah most productive things just looking back at that journaling session that i did where i 10x my goal it's like if i didn't do that if i was hustling Damn. in front of the laptop like Shit, I wouldn't be here now. That, that, that journaling session is valuable. Like the, the worth of that session is in thousands, you know, tens of thousands. Good ROI, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, huge. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot for people to take in that haven't journaled yet. I think uh, we've definitely motivated some people now to sit down and actually do it. Uh, one more thing that, yeah, that you actually did that might also motivate people and that also helps journaling is actually meditating for an hour. Yeah, well, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't. So I started it and I did it for about two weeks in a row. And then I was noticing a lot more clarity around the way my brain was working and recognizing the thought loops and the, the, either the negative or positive ones or daydreaming or you know creating a vision of the future or, or holding on to the past. I got way more clarity and awareness of all that. Um, but funny enough, I stopped because I was like, I don't have an hour a day to do this. But after the discussion today and in the mastermind call, I realized like that was actually hugely beneficial for me. So yeah, I'm going to get back on that train. Yeah. I think, so- um, yeah. A few people have said like Naval, there was a podcast with Naval talking to Joe Rogan. Um, and he said for the for beginners, I would say do six, one hour a day for 60 days and that'll change your life in terms of the way you see things, because you'll just get so deep into your thoughts and your patterns and the way your mind works that you'll have a huge understanding of how, how it operates. I've probably butchered exactly what he talked about it, but that's where I got the idea of it. <laughs> he's like listening to it like, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that episode as well. And he said, um, I think, I don't know if it was an hour a day, but he said at least like a certain amount of meditation, like maybe 20 minutes, he said, or something or 30 yeah. minutes a day is like impossible to be depressed or it's impossible to be, yeah, to be in a bad mood. Like don't want to go into like super deep depression because I don't know much about it, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, Alex talked about it as well that he, Alex was doing it for two months and that's when I met him again after a while of not seeing him. So I, I met him in Australia 
had to leave Australia because I broke up with my girlfriend, was going through a rough time. That's when I met him actually after the breakup. And he was like on fire, that guy at that time, because he was only going through, going back to breakup topic again. Um, like six months after a breakup or even 12 months sometimes, depending on how long it takes or how how rough it was, you're just on top of things. It's like, if, you, if you're doing it right. And he was at that stage where he was like, he was crushing it. He was like so on fire. And I was like, damn, I can't wait to be in that state again. And um, <clears throat> basically I saw, I had to leave Australia. And then I, I saw him again uh, a few months later. And he told me how he was doing like, yeah, an hour a day of meditation. And he did, did that for two months straight. And he was like, yeah, just on the mastermind call, he told us how, He's just able to see egos pop up when people are interacting. And it's like yeah, he insane. catches, he catches the, th- he, he, he used to catch the thoughts before they came up and he's like so detached from everything, but like still so aware and connected. And like, it's like, yeah. damn, actually, there's no reason why I shouldn't do an hour of meditation right now. Actually, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for a week as well. I, I commit as well. All right, cool. You need to put that in the chat as well. So Alex yeah. and- yeah, uh, Lewis, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think meditation has become into this great marketing thing where everyone 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 meditates nowadays. There's all these apps for it. They all they all tell you to do like 10 minutes a day and it'll solve all these problems. But I don't think that's enough. I don't really think 20 minutes is enough, actually. Like I'm doing I, 30 I 20 I'm, minutes, yeah. Yeah. But it, often you'll hit that point at like 16 minutes in when you're like, oh now now I'm starting to clear through it all and now I'm really starting to become present. And then the bell goes, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but if you'd done that for 60 minutes, you start to train that habit. And I think those last 20 or 30 is where you really start to get the benefits. I think Naval said 20 is a good minimum and anything above that is just, is better. Like there's no upper limit on it. So yeah, let's all get back into that 60 minute sessions for sure. 24 hour session. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do a 24 hour meditation podcast where we just... <laughs> Just <laughs> stare at each other. <laughs> oh god, man! Can you imagine going down so fast, bro? Yeah. Have you done? Uh, have you tried one of these retreats where you do ten days of of meditation, not talking? And uh, no, but that's something that's definitely on my mind. Um, it's on your as mind. I'm, as I'm just starting a new business, um, I am very aware that taking ten days off in these early stages is just not going to happen. But that is a good goal for me to work towards to have my business automated again to the point that I could actually take 10 days off and things would be okay. So I'm looking to have that retreat sometime next year would be my vision to, to make that happen. I think, cause I think I've heard so many positive, positive experiences about those 10 day retreats that it's like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to just go in and be with yourself and accept all that. Man, I want to do it as well next year. Let's do a collective ambition. The Pasana retreat. Happy um, stick. <laughs> sign up. Yeah. Boom, sign up. Hello. Yeah. All right. How, how long are we talking for already? Good. I don't know. I think it's like an hour. Yeah. It's 9.45 here. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, it's pretty late for you. You look pretty tired. I don't want to keep you up Thanks, anymore. Man. Disrupt your sleep. So... um yeah, thanks for coming on and uh, love chatting. It's it's literally like a mastermind call. This this discussion here. Yeah, to put things in perspective, we've never met, but we're talking from your your mastermind group. Like we're best friends, I, or like you know, very close friends. We know each other on yeah. a deep level, and I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great. 
That's what I built it for, dude. I didn't have friends. I didn't have friends that I could talk about shit like that to, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's why I built it. And uh, yeah, I yeah. love it. So where can people find out more about you if they want to? If anyone wants to, like who wants, but. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair shout. You just destroyed my, my, my little brittle self-esteem. Um, easiest way would be to go to camwatson.com, C-A-M-W-A-T-S-O-N.com. And that shows. Slash hiring. There's actually not that there. It's for another company. But yeah. I don't want to talk about that company. Yeah. So if you're uh, looking for a job and you want to work for a great man like like Campbell, then you can apply here and yeah. work for Actually, him. there is a contact form on that website. So you're welcome to fill it out. Thank you so much for listening. I absolutely love chatting to Campbell. He's a smart guy and... He's one of the guys that, uh, like I mentioned before, is in our weekly group calls, which are completely for free. There's a vetting process. You can apply for it as well. Checking out the link in the description. But yeah, we chat every week and uh, we've gotten to know each other really well. Uh, and I've never met him in real life, which is kind of weird, but I'm looking forward to at our first uh, get together event. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving it a review on iTunes and yeah, connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever you want. And until then, see you in the next episode.